everybody! This is So It's a Show, a podcast where we attempt to keep up with Lorelai and Rory's pop culture references on Gilmore Girls. I'm Kyla. And yo, I'm Taylor. And do we sound like Sylvester Stallone? Because that's literally as low as my voice can go. (laughs) I can't do more. Mm, Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's as, as good as I can go, I think. Yeah. Got it. Yo, everybody. We're talking another classic. Another recent classic. <laughs> another Best Picture winner. A. Another one to add to our list with Casablanca and The Godfather. Good job, us. And before we dig in, I did want to ask, should we record in a socially responsible way? Um... <gasps> Oh my goodness, you have a Luke's mask, a Gilmore Girls mask. (laughs) Because if you need me to, I can record like this the whole time, even though we're not in the same room. I feel like we should make it clear, but if you like want to look at the phrase a film by Kirk the whole time, (laughs) a no cell phone sign in Mm -hmm. Omni Apparatus, you can do that. Oh my goodness, that looks amazing. Where'd you get that? I will happily share the link in our Tumblr. A friend of mine, actually you have met her, Kyla, because we went to Stars Hollow together with her. But we have kept in touch through all this crazy quarantine life. And she texted me a few weeks ago and was like, hey, guess what? I found this Gilmore Girls mask and I just ordered you one. I was like, wow, that's on brand. Thank you. That's so sweet. Love it. I know, I'm wondering if, like, I should buy more masks, because I just have had one. Maybe I need to get some different ones. I don't know. Might as well enjoy it, right? (laughs) That's kind of how I feel. I don't think anybody likes to wear a mask, but if you gotta, you might as well make it cute. And there are a number of Gilmore Girls options out there, in case you're wondering. You can Google it. Okay. And I will share this one in our Tumblr. But for the record, we are being socially responsible. Kyle and I are not in the same household, so we're not recording together at this time. But I would be extra safe and wear a mask if you wanted me to. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I love it. Should we talk about a time pre-quarantine? You mean Nag Hammadi? You mean where they found the Gnostic Gospels, I think? Exactly, that's the place. Oh, of course. That's everyone's, everyone knows that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, specifically though, a few people don't know about it. And they are all characters in Gilmore Girls, to be sure. Unlike Mm -hmm. the people they are supporting, the Ephraim something historical architect. Manuscript. Yes, archaic architectural equestrian documents (laughs) society Mm -hmm. in gilmore girls episode 413 nag hamadi is where they found the gnostic gospels which first aired february 10th 2004 Hmm, and oh my gosh you're right i was thinking about valentine's day but look at that happy birthday yeah uh so happy birthday kyla you celebrated with a pretty pivotal Jess episode. Yeah. Fun fact, this is the first episode watching it the first time I didn't hate Jess. I felt mm. a little sad for him for the first time. Aww. And the episode summary is, it's Firelight Festival time again, and with Taylor stuck out of town, Kirk tries to fill in. Luke meets his sister Liz's latest boyfriend. Lorelai meets Liz and realizes Luke really is always there for them. And Jess, anxious to get out of town as soon as his car is repaired, stirs up trouble with family and friends. Classic Jess. Is this the Handful of Barbie episode? No, that must be later. Remember when Luke comes to Lorelai's to fix her window, and he's drunk, and she puts Barbie band-aids on his hand? He's like, got a handful of Barbie. (laughs) No, this is this episode. Oh, that is? Yes. Got a handful of Barbie. Yes. Oh, I uh, that. Yes, when Jess says some not nice things to Luke, and it sends Luke into a drunken spiral. Yeah. That's not when I felt sad for Jess. It was when he told Rory he loved her, and he ran away. 
Oh my goodness. For the first time, I was like, maybe this kid is not a monster. Aww. Hey, and before we dig into our actual pop culture ref, I do want to mention Nag Hammadi Library, also known as the Gnostic Gospels, is a collection of early Christian Gnostic texts discovered near the upper Egyptian town of Nag Hammadi in 1945. Oh, that's helpful. Then I, com- I completely understand. Yeah. I understand his joke. And Clearly. Everything. Yeah. I think if Lorelai had known that, she would have had no questions. <laughs> Absolutely. She would have been laughing hysterically. Should we have done that <laughs> reference instead of this one? Mm, uh, I don't know. Let, 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 we'll just see if, if Rocky okay. ends up being more entertaining. Because we can always throw it out books. of the ring and just start over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're still in round one, wouldn't you say? Oh, ding, 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 ding. Okay, I think that's round two. So <laughs> should we talk a little about our reference today? Uh, yeah. What, how did this even happen in Gilmore Girls? This is right primo at the beginning of the episode when Lorelai and Rory are very cold in their house because a window has cracked or will not shut. It needs to be repaired. That's right. Mm-hmm. And they are discussing what is going on in Rory's little old brain. So, what? Uh. I'm just wondering what you're thinking about. I'm thinking about nothing. Nothing wouldn't happen to wear a leather jacket and be able to pull off an extremely convincing... Adrian! Would it? No, it wouldn't. So, Taylor, did you... Were you familiar with Adrian or someone who might be calling out the name Adrian? I can't remember when I first watched Rocky potentially the first time I watched this, I did understand it, but I'm the timeline in my mind is a little fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Maybe I had not watched Rocky before then. Definitely before we prepped for this, I knew the big picture, but this is one of those ones where I'm glad we're discussing it because I feel like I understand it better than I thought I did now. Gotcha. How about you? Pretty sure I did not know... Well, unless I had met my college roommate by that time, because she owned the full box set Ooh. of Rocky, and I had have not had not watched any of these movies until a few days ago. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, she had the full set. She loved them. She was so excited about that box set. I remember. Uh, is <laughs> your was your roommate from Philadelphia? No. Okay, she because I did read a commentary piece about these movies, and it said, by state law, people from Philadelphia are required to own a complete six-film box set of the Rocky Saga. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't think I would have known Okay. because I didn't watch. If it would have said Rocky, then I would have, oh, Rocky, but because uh, I had heard of it. But since it was Adrian, I, I didn't know. Also, no one, I don't think... Rocky would say his own name like that. <laughs> I mean, he was like could. a Rocky Jr. Anyways. I see. Um, so no, I did not know. Yes. Um, should we talk Rocky? Yeah, let's talk Rocky. you might think oh i know that rocky theme song good good clip from the movie but no that's a clip from gilmore girls oh we'll be talking about that later yes and quick overview of the movie rocky before we talk a little bit about what happens in this best picture winner came out in 1976 it stars sylvester stallone talia shire burt young carl weathers and burgess meredith And like I said, Oscar winner, it won three, including Best Picture, Best Directing, and Best Editing. It was also nominated for Best Actor and Actress, Supporting Actor twice, Original Screenplay, Sound, and Original Song for that song Kirk loves to run around the gymnasium to. Yeah, what 
what song won that year? I'm kind of curious because this song is like so iconic now. Let's find out because now you made me want to know that too. Evergreen by Barbara Streisand. Oh, well, Barbara is queen. Yeah. But that is a little surprising to me because I don't think that song is as well known as this one today. Yeah, I don't actually, I don't know what that song is. <gasps> oh, it's from A Star Is Born. I had to check. Oh. I definitely support A Star Is Born, so don't let me trash it and don't let me trash Barbara. <laughs> But also, it's my least favorite version of A Star is Born. Just saying. Fun Oscar history fact, because you know I love my Oscars and you know I love my fun facts. Sylvester Stallone became the third person to be nominated both for acting and writing in the same year. This hmm. happened with Charlie Chaplin and then again for Orson Welles in Citizen Kane, which we have discussed. Wow. And it has happened a handful of other times, including for... I know Kyla loves this guy, Matt Damon and Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> yeah, man, I went through quite the Matt Damon phase. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. And this movie went on to gross $225 million worldwide and wow. $117 million domestically, so it was a huge hit. I tried to find out box office records don't really exist pre-1977, so hmm. we can't really know for 1976 what it looked like. But we know it was a big hit. And you might have also heard of Rocky because you might have also heard of Rocky 2 or 3 or 4 or 5. <laughs> so mm -hmm. there was a series of sequels, like I said, 2, 3, 4, 5, coming out all the way through 1990. There is Rocky Balboa that came in 2006. And then the new Creed movies, Creed and Creed 2, um, from 2015 and 2018 are kind of an offshoot of the Rocky movies um, yeah. where Rocky is training the son of one of his former competitors. And another fun fact on this, Sylvester Stallone is credited as the sole writer for all of the Rocky movies. He was a hmm. co-writer on Creed 2, so the only movie he didn't help write or write alone is the first Creed movie. Interesting. And, he, and the best or the worst of all the movies. <laughs> I, I, we can talk more about this later too, but I really like the Creed movies. So I think they're both strong. And I mean, he's acting in both of them. So like he's involved in all of them, but mm -hmm. not as much as some of the other ones. He also directed two through four and Rocky Balboa. Wow. So this guy's been pretty involved in the legacy. Yeah, and these movies, I mean, I know that they're a big deal. When I visited Philadelphia with my parents in one uh, one summer in high school, they walked up the steps and saw the statue, and I didn't because I didn't know and didn't care about <laughs> what it was. I don't want to walk up the, the, all those steps in the heat, but you guys enjoy. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I know it's a big deal. So it was it was interesting watching it now after, like, knowing about it for so long yeah well and i remember the first time i watched it being really confused because i knew eye of the tiger that really famous song was from the rocky oh, movies not yeah. from the first rocky movie from rocky three and oh, i kept I'd forgotten about that like i think i was waiting for it and no didn't show up but i think because it had the theme song in it I forgot about Eye of the Tiger, but I do remember thinking, oh, yeah, now I'll see the Eye of the Tiger, and then it wasn't, and no. I forgot about it. <laughs> you got to watch two more movies for that one. Or you can just watch that one or watch none of them. I'll just look it up on YouTube. <laughs> so anyways, Rocky Balboa, an underdog, fighting here and there in little clubs, winning. He's got some talent, but his... The old manage, old coach at the gym says, you've got the talent, but you've never had the heart to mm -hmm. go the distance. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we got big time Apollo Creed, and he's the heavyweight champion of the world. And he's going to have a big old fight, but the guy drops out, hurts his little pinky or something. <laughs> Can't do it. What a wimp. Don't want to get punched in the face repeatedly. Fine. So... He's like, hey, let's find an underdog and a true American story. They kept saying that. The American story. 
And then he loves Rocky Balboa's name, nickname, the Italian Stallion. Mm-hmm. Which is a pretty cool name. Yeah, good nickname. And as I rewatched Rocky for this, my mom pointed out, 1976, America's Bicentennial. Apparently, that was a really big deal at the time. Hmm. So this is a meant to be a celebration of America's 200th birthday. Gotcha. Couple guys punching each other in the face and ribs. What is more American than that? <laughs> so uh, Rocky's like, all right, I'll do it. I'll also date this chick, Adrian, mm-hmm. and uh, this shy girl, because she likes turtles, and I love turtles so much. <laughs> I like turtles. She works at the pet store (laughs) Uh right by his apartment, and Uh I get the sense he goes in for turtle food a lot. Yes. Like, I feel like he has potential to overfeed his turtles. Yeah, you gotta be careful about that. You can't overfeed aquatic pets. (laughs) Sure, why not? But when you're trying to get the attention of a... Adrian! Love interest. Adrian, you gotta do what you gotta do. Mm -hmm. Um, So he trains, fight montage, and I couldn't tell. Did he win the fight, or did he just last all the rounds, and that's what he was excited Mm -hmm. about? But he didn't win by points. He did not win, but Apollo Creed was expecting to win handily, as did many other people. But he gets training from the coach at the gym who kind of smacked him around and said, you're wasting your life, breaking legs for loan sharks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And he trains with him and he hits a bunch of slabs of beef at where Adrian's brother Polly works at a meat factory. Mm -hmm. And he drinks raw eggs and he runs up steps And Adrian gives him a dog, and (laughs) they go on runs together, and it's just so sweet. (laughs) And, but no, he does not win the final fight, but he goes all 15 rounds, I think. Jeez, yeah. And at one particularly gross moment, they have to cut his eyes open at the end because they're so swollen from taking so many hits to the face. And he doesn't win, but it's okay, because he went the distance, and he's got Adrian. Yep. Gonna fly now. The end. (laughs) And the, uh, at the end, like, he's so sweaty, and they're hugging, and all that. I'm just like, ugh, just wait till he showers. That's how I felt as well. (laughs) I know, like, when somebody comes in, and including myself, after working out, comes into the house, I'm like, just get in the shower. Including <laughs> myself. I can't stand it, so. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Rocky. I assume in the other movies he continues to fight, but this time he actually wins, and then he wins again. Mm-hmm. Well, I did do a quick overview. Like I said, I really like the Creed movies, but until this week, I had only watched the original Rocky I know that Rocky II, he does a rematch with Apollo Creed. Mm. I assume he wins because that would be sort of a letdown if you see him lose again. Yeah. I know there's one movie where he fights a Russian guy. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. (laughs) And the Russian guy, had he kills Apollo Creed in the ring. (gasps) Whoa. And at this point, Rocky and Apollo are friends. So it's personal. Um, and that's part of why in the Creed movies he is training his son because mm. his dad's not around. Wow. And his son is the bad guy on the Black Panther. Yes. What's his name? Michael B. Jordan. I love oh, Michael B. Jordan. He is I so love good. Him for many reasons. <laughs> yes. He is <laughs> wonderful and he's super talented and also Tessa Thompson in those movies and she's great. Yeah. Also in Marvel movies because most people are these days. Mhm. Great soundtracks and lots of workout montages cuz that's what these movies are. Yeah, essentially. Mhm. Um but you know there there's another Rocky movie that just seems like we would be interested in. Uh, I'm pretty sure one, two, three, four, five. We've talked about a lot of them. 
What about oh, Rocky Balboa from 2006 with our pal? What, what? Milo Ventimiglia. Yeah, we got to talk about it because we also yeah. watched this. Yep, because that just uh, seemed a little more applicable to us. Uh-huh. And we have to say it is crazy to me that this reference happens and then a few years later Milo Ventimiglia is actually playing Rocky's son. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. So he's not wearing a leather jacket, though. He's wearing a <laughs> suit and tie, and he's going to work for his jerk boss. Mm-hmm. And Dad casts a big shadow, but he's just trying to make his own way. Mm-hmm. And his dad, now, he's a retired boxer, Rocky. He runs a restaurant, an Italian restaurant called Adrian's. Um, Adrian has Adrian's. passed away. And, yeah. I'm not laughing at her passing away. I'm laughing at the way you just said that. <laughs> Clarifying. Adrian has passed away. Rocky and Rocky Jr. sort of have a strained relationship. It's not, they don't hate each other, but they don't have a lot in common, it feels like. Mm-hmm. And he decides he wants to get back in the ring. As a 50-something-year-old man to fight a 20- or 30-something-year-old guy. Yeah, it just so happened that a tough guy in the ring, who for some reason has a terrible image, I don't really know why. They just kept saying, your image is is bad, no one likes you, everyone boos when you win. I don't, it did not, it was not clear why, so I didn't love that. I did not think they developed his character well. No. no. Compared to the first Rocky where you really get to know Apollo Creed and know why he wants to do this fight and what his experience is. Like, you find out he's a really smart, business-savvy guy. Mm-hmm. Whereas this other guy, you just see him be angry. He wants a better image and computers because computers can do cool things in 2005. <laughs> Um, there, 2006, they had a little computer simulation of Rocky Balboa at his prime and versus this other guy, something straight. Oh, Mason Dixon is his name. Not straight. Um, I don't know why I thought that was last name, but Mason Dixon and they did a little computer simulation and Rocky Balboa won. And so they're like, hey, why not a real fight? Mm Mm-hmm. And Robert comes around. He wasn't really too angry at his dad, like you said, but they he kind of gets on board and is there with him when he's fighting. And But at first he's not on board because he says, you realize how people only when they see me, they just see you. Mm-hmm. And this is only going to make it worse. But they kind of have it out. And then he says he's sorry. You know, living with you, it hasn't been easy. People see me, but they think of you. Now with all this going on, this is going to be worse than ever. It don't have to be. No, sure it does. Why? You got a lot going on, kid. Well, my last name? That's the reason I got a decent job. That's the reason why people deal with me in the first place. Now I start to get a little ahead. I start to get a little something for myself, and this happens. Now I'm asking you as a favor not to go through with this, okay? This is only going to end up bad for you, and it's going to end up bad for me. You think I'm hurting you? Yeah. In a way, you are. It's the last thing I ever wanted to do. I know that's not what you want to do, but that's just the way that it is. Don't you care what people think? Doesn't it bother you that, that people are making you out to be a joke and that I'm going to be included in that? Do you think that's right? Do you? Yeah. And thankfully, Polly still works at the meat factory, so Rocky can go punch meat mm-hmm. there. Yep. And they face off, and it's kind of the same thing as the first Rocky. Doesn't win, but he has his family and friends, and he went the distance, even though he almost didn't even get approved to box because he's much older. Yeah, and it was great because at the end he said to Polly, I'm all done now. That's that's what I needed. So... Mm -hmm. Just a perfect little bow. Done. But give me nine years and I'm gonna have to train Creed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, you know, Milo, he was a perfect choice because he also talks out the side of his mouth like a little crooked Mm -hmm. talker. So, 
he had the right look for sure. Definitely had the right look. And maybe I'm super biased, but I thought that was my favorite part of the movie was seeing one Rocky kind of grappling with Adrian's death and two, Mm -hmm. like him trying to work on his relationship with his son. Those were the parts that interested me most. And I thought Milo Ventimiglia definitely held his own against Sylvester Stallone. I thought they were great together. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. Mm-hmm. You definitely don't need to watch all the other Rocky movies. You really only need to watch the first one. All the flashbacks were from the first Rocky. Yeah, I think right? you're right. Yeah, yeah th- if there if they weren't, then maybe there was one. But like, there were a lot of flashbacks, and they were mm-hmm. all from the first movie, or they referenced the first movie and Apollo. So it was very easy to to follow. Yeah, but I thought that was kind of interesting that they just referenced the first one. Yeah. Well, uh, and also, does anything about it feel familiar that in this movie, Milo Ventimiglia plays a frustrated young man who has frequent arguments with a father figure with a strong East Coast accent who runs a restaurant? Like, Heyo! <laughs> is anything yeah. about this familiar? Because I was watching this, I was like, wait a minute. What if, did I accidentally turn on Gilmore Girls? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. He definitely didn't have as much attitude no. as Jess, but yeah, there's some similarities. Yeah. He definitely did feel a little, a little angsty, though not quite as angry as Jess. Yeah. yeah. Angsty, but still with a suit and tie. Yes. He's got his stuff <laughs> together better than Jess did at this time in Gilmore Girls. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Pretty sure his car works as well, unlike in this episode. Probably. Or at least his Metro card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So, Milo and Sylvester, this was not the only time they acted together. Really? Yeah. What? Hey, so get out of town. Were... <laughs> Yo, Taylor, I won't. Um, <laughs> so, Milo was briefly in Creed 2. Was he? And it was just, I think it was at the end. Like, I just watched a clip. I'll include it in the Tumblr. Okay. But um, I did see that movie, but it's been a minute, so <laughs> I must have forgotten about it. Yeah, Rocky shows up on his doorstep and meets his grandson for the first time. So I guess oh. their relationship was not good anymore. It's all coming back now. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Yeah, so kind of sad that that was the first time he was meeting his grandson, who was like five at least in that clip, but... I don't know what happened there. I don't know. Maybe you should watch the Creed movies. They're great. <gasps> All right, maybe. Um, and then that's that's not the last time. What? Because actually right before that, in 20s, I don't know, right before that, Sylvester Stallone is on This Is Us. I didn't know that. Yep. So, and I, I stopped watching This Is Us maybe after like season three because it was just little much. But in season two, Sylvester Stallone shows up because one of Milo Ventimiglia's sons is an actor and he is acting in uh, a movie with Sylvester Stallone. It's a war movie, of course, uh-huh. fighting. And Sylvester Stallone apparently was a big hero for Milo Ventimiglia's character who is now dead in the in the show. So those are not spoilers. But Anyways, so, yeah, he gets to act with Sylvester Stallone, so he's playing himself. And um, I don't think he, he and Milo don't have any moments together, but Milo is the fan. Mm-hmm. And so Kevin is excited to work with one of his dad's heroes. Well, and I suspect probably the pre-existing relationship between the two of them had something to do with him being on the show. Oh, it absolutely did. Uh, you can, I'll include the link in our Tumblr as well, but Milo shared the story that the writers were telling him, yeah, we want some, like, big movie hero to act with Kevin. And they were like, you know, we're thinking, like, a Sylvester Stallone type. And I was like, cool. And then he said they just looked at me. (laughs) I was like, oh, you want Sylvester Stallone, and you want me to call him. And he did. So, and then he went on. And Sylvester Stallone does not do TV, so this is... I mean, he he just hasn't done TV, so... I don't think of him as a TV guy either, so... Uh, mm-hmm. That is probably why it completely flew off my radar that he did This Is Us. Yeah. Also that and the just... fact that I don't watch the show. 
that I would that could help. I think it was just one episode. Okay. But yeah. There is another reason our conversation is particularly relevant right now, other than the fact that we just happen to be covering this episode. Did you know that there is a Rocky documentary that just came out about a month ago? No, I did not. Sure is, and I watched it. It is 30 minutes on Amazon oh. Prime for like two ninety nine. So if you really enjoy Rocky, you might enjoy this. It's called 40 Years of Rocky. And it's kind of a cool little, like, featurette documentary. It's not a full-blown history of the movie or the franchise. Mm -hmm. Because, honestly, so much of it is so well-known that you probably don't really need it. But what it is, is the director of the first film, Rocky, was taking a lot of 8mm footage behind the scenes Hmm. and at promotional publicity events. And the whole thing is just Sylvester Stallone narrating it and recalling memories from the set. Oh, cool. So it's kind of a fun way to kind of go back to that and tell you things you may not already know about the film um, and show you footage you haven't seen before, but it isn't so overwhelming and you don't end up... Like, I think if this had been a 90-minute movie, you would have been like, I knew most of this. But for 30 (laughs) minutes, Sylvester Stallone can riff and share new stories. Yeah, that's cool. Very much like his character did in Rocky Balboa with that at his restaurant. He would always share stories from mm-hmm. his fights with the customers. Yeah, Rocky is super chatty. He loves to give life advice and tell you lots of things. It might get annoying, but I do think it honestly comes from a good place in this character. I think <laughs> he really does just want to help people. He's not trying to be bossy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I can sort of see where Sylvester Stallone might have been inspired to write this character. But some of the fun facts I learned from this documentary, Sylvester Stallone took real inspiration from real fights to create the fights in Rocky. Mm-hmm. So he watched real boxing matches and then he used it to block the fight in the movie. He blocked out 32 pages, and they spent months rehearsing the fight. And one of the cool things in the documentaries, they show you side-by-side footage of them rehearsing and then in the movie, and you can see, like, yeah, they really did do what they practiced. And it doesn't feel that way to me in the movie at all. It feels so authentic. And they move the camera angle around so much, too, during the fight. I think that helps Mm because you're getting all these different angles. Yeah. Yeah, and he said that was really different at the time. The first guy they had in to try and block the fight was just this very classical, traditional movie fighting of you punch, then you punch, then you punch, like kind of going back and forth. And he was like, this is not at all how boxing is. So that was a new strategy for boxing movies. And while he wrote the first draft of the script in three and a half days, he was constantly rewriting on set partly because Mm. of budget issues. For Mm. example, there's a very clever scene and the romance between Adrian and Rocky, they show up at an ice rink when it's closed, but he convinces the guy to keep it open and they walk around the ice rink. Well, he walks and Adrian skates. Aren't you skating? No, I ain't skating since I was 15. That's when I started fighting. I was 15. Skating's got bad for the ankles, you know? Yeah. You're a pretty good skater, aren't you? <laughs> you know, like I was saying before on the way over here, you know, fight used to be tossing me, but no more, you know? See, all I wanted to do out of fight was prove I was no bum that I had the stuff to make a good pro, you know? You never got the chance. Oh, hey, you know, I ain't crying about it because I still fight. I kind of do it like a hobby. But really, the way he wrote that scene was it was supposed to be a full ice rink. And there was supposed to be this really good skater who kind of stole Adrian away from Rocky and kind of to create some tension there. But they had to cut the budget and there were no extras at all. (laughs) So, and... Oh, that's funny. And also Sylvester Stallone can't ice skate. So that is why he was just walking around the rink because they showed up on set. He found out there were no extras and he had to rewrite it. Also, the dog in the movie is his own dog. Aw. I know. And can you guess what this dog's name is? Punches. <laughs> uh, no, not, uh, what was it, Punchy and Rocky Balboa? This yeah. dog's name is Butkus. So. Okay. There's that. Uh, just so you know. 
I just want to hear Sylvester Stallone. Your butt kiss. <laughs> Get over here. <laughs> well, and apparently when United Artists greenlit this movie, Sylvester Stallone and his wife had $106 in the bank and butt kiss was starving. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wow. So things were not going well for them. And originally they just tried to buy the script off of him. And mm-hmm. he famously said, no, unless I get to play Rocky. And they kept upping their offer. And he still said no. Wow. And so finally they said, okay, you can make this movie as you want it. We'll let you play the lead. However, you're going to get a really small budget. Hence, losing all the extras at the ice skating rink. (laughs) But they did come in under budget, and uh, apparently that really just became the selling story for the movie. They started selling Mm -hmm. this movie to audiences as a Cinderella story, saying Sylvester Stallone knew how he wanted to make this movie, and Mm. this is exactly how he wanted it. And then, of course, it went on to be a huge hit and won a bunch of Oscars. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he they wanted, like, a more established actor to play the role, and they had all these other classic actors in mind, but, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's risky. It's, like, you hear all these stories about, here's how I made it in showbiz, but then there's so many other people who, uh, it did not work for them. So, uh, yeah, it's well, just a it's, risky business. Yes. Well, and it sounds like... This was not his first attempt. He'd had a few bit parts in movies. Mm-hmm. But actually, he'd had 32 rejected scripts. So he had been at this for a while of trying yeah. to make it in this business. And he just did it until all the stars aligned and found a good project. He said he wanted to write about a struggling actor, but he thought nobody would want to see it. So he made it a boxer. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> So what do you think about these movies? I I have said I really like the Creed movies. That still stands. Everybody go watch Michael B. Jordan and Tessa Thompson. Those movies are great. I like the first movie a lot. I didn't care for Rocky Balboa as much. It felt like a fan service movie. And I wasn't a big enough fan of Rocky for it to be for me. I mean, it's fine if you make a fan service movie. That's kind of what a year in the life is. I'm here for it. <laughs> but because I'd only watched the first movie, I, for me, it was like, oh, this is nice. Okay, he's going to fight again. Um, but I think the first one is really good. How about you? I didn't really like it. Okay, I tell think, me more. I think with hearing so much about it, I had high expectations certainly going in but that doesn't always mean that a movie I don't like a movie you know just because it's been built up but yeah it just felt the dialogue was kind of goofy to me sometimes (laughs) and Rocky's character I don't know he just like the all the giving out advice and walking that girl home and then we see her in Rocky Balboa and Mm -hmm. later um that movie it just it felt really light and I think I was looking for greater depth and it was just kind of like Rocky Balboa oh hey I got this random shot yeah I'll give it my all and it I don't know it just it didn't I didn't feel emotionally connected to the story just kind of felt like okay but again maybe because I knew oh yeah there's like five Rocky movies (laughs) I know he'll kind of win or or, you know Mm -hmm. I know he'll do a good job so it didn't feel as like I wasn't on the edge of my seat. So yeah. that was that was kind of part of it, but yeah. I don't know. There just there've been many other underdog stories, but this was maybe one of the first successful. No, there've been other ones, other underdog movies, but it definitely yeah. feels influential to the future of yeah, both sports movies and underdog stories. Yeah. But yeah, I think I was just waiting for something bigger, grander. You know, on the scale of best picture movies, it's definitely less quote unquote important. Like The Godfather feels like it's about a inspired by true crime families and it feels yeah. like it's making a lot of commentary about politics and family and um how 
like what crime looks like that kind of thing whereas rocky's mm-hmm. like just the story of one guy trying to prove he's not a bum yeah yeah but you definitely root for him because he's a genuine guy mm-hmm. so he's got that going for him yeah yeah like i said i think i mean if he were doling out advice to me all the time, it would probably drive me crazy. But I do think it's actually coming from a good place, not a place right. of, I know better than you. It's from a place of, hey, I'm concerned about you, and I want to tell you about this, and I'm going to talk to you about this, and it's going to be a really long story, and I'm going to go off on some meandering <laughs> trails, and you may not be able to get a word in, but here are all the things i got to tell you about. And I did love that he loved his turtles. Like, yes. that was just so endearing, and that was just something different. Like, they didn't have to do that. But there were some moments where I was like, oh, Sylvester Stallone must like this kind of type of movie moment. Like, he was looking at himself <laughs> in the mirror and looking at the photos, but then one photo just caught his attention, and he looked at it a little bit longer, even though those photos had probably been in his mirror for a very long time. And then another moment, like, Adrian's looking in the mirror, and she takes a longer look at herself and so there are just some like moments that felt very like oh okay Sylvester you like that (laughs) you know what's funny is when he was looking in the mirror the whole time I was just thinking about how much Milo Ventimiglia looks like him in that shot (laughs) oh really yeah I was like oh yeah side by side at this age they're not twins but they are definitely they could look related for sure which is maybe why he played his son. That's all I'm saying. Maybe, maybe. Maybe it's controversial, but but that's what I'm saying. (laughs) But I was definitely glad to finally watch a Rocky movie. Two Rocky movies. So if you were to go to Philadelphia today, which you won't for obvious reasons, but if you were, would you go to the Rocky statue now? No. No? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. What else would you do instead? But you would be like, I'm not going to make time for this. Oh, I'd go to La Colombe, their flag, flagship store. All right, so there you go. I'm just glad you have plans. <laughs> I'm glad you weren't just like, no, I'm just going to sit on a park bench. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, if we go to Philadelphia together, I do want to go to Rocky, so I would I do go with go you him. since we have this connection to it now, but. Okay, okay. It's good to know. You won't, like, leave me hanging. No, no. Yeah. And actually, if you want, in the credits to Rocky Balboa, you can watch many, many people run up the stairs and pose with the statue. Yeah. I presume these are all fans of Rocky that just do this. Yeah, that was cute. So... Is it time to talk about this? Yeah. So <laughs> Not that we haven't already been talking about it, but let's talk about it more in the world of Gilmore Girls. Yeah, so uh, I'd say Jess could definitely pull off an Adrian, um, and he, the Sylvester Stallone even agrees with us because he was in his movie, so boom. Do you think Sylvester Stallone was inspired by Gilmore Girls? Do you think he's a big Gilmore Girls fan? And he was watching this episode, and he was like, I've got it. The idea for how to reboot the Rocky franchise. I'm going to hire this kid. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) That's that's why we figured it out. Yeah, I personally. Because, I mean, think about it. The timing's right. This episode came out in early 2004, season four. Mm -hmm. The movie came out in the middle of season seven. I'm just saying. Yeah. The timing matches up. Yeah, it does. Well, should we also mention there's another comparison to Jess and Sylvester Stallone in Rocky in season two. Yeah, we should. People are concerned about you. You know, you're young and naive and you think that everyone has some good inside if you give them a chance. So you're saying that Jess is no good? I've known guys like Jess. He seems cool because he's got this dangerous vibe and and this problem with authority, and he's seen a lot of Sylvester Stallone movies. Oh, my God. But guys like this get into trouble, which, if you hang out with them, gets you into trouble, and I don't want you to get into trouble. Okay. So we got to talk about this, because Gilmore Girls really thinks Jess is like Sylvester Stallone. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't think I'm, it's wrong. No, it's not because he's a fighter and I don't know. Yeah. I think Jess is a lot angrier than Rocky Balboa, but I do mm-hmm. think there's a lot in common where he kind of thinks he's going nowhere. He doesn't, you know, he has sort of honestly not a lot going for him in his background. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I think both of those characters waste potential that they have in one way mm-hmm. or the other. So they probably have more opportunities than they give themselves credit for or than they realize at first. Yeah. But, you know, Rocky's big fear is that he's just a bum. And I think deep down that's one of Jess's fears too is that he's yeah. not going anywhere and why should he even try and get disappointed? Yeah. But they both, I mean, know what in and in some ways know what they want and have a vision, you know, Jess is like, I'm going to get out of here. And he's reading all of his books. Like he's a smart guy, but he, um, I don't know, just doesn't do anything. And Rocky, excuse me. And Rocky, he doesn't do anything until, well, he doesn't like start his true career until later, you know, for, Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, you know, he could have started years and years ago, really going after his boxing career, but doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but can I just say too, in that line with, oh, he's seen a lot of Sylvester Stallone movies. If you just Google search Sylvester Stallone movies and you look at the, at the images for them, they are all terrifying looking like, <laughs> oh my gosh, Sylvester Stallone is holding a gun, holding a gun, holding the bow and arrow, punching a guy out muscles are pushed forward. I mean, they're all just very intense looking. I did notice when watching the first Rocky, he's a lot slimmer and Mm. leaner than he goes on to be. Like when he becomes macho Mm. 80s movie star, he gets huge. Yeah, he is. I mean, yeah, he is ginormous. He's in good shape in the first Rocky. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. he is very physically fit. But he just, like, he... I don't even know what the word for that is. He just, like, muscles. Doubles. Yeah, he, like, doubles in size just with <laughs> muscle yeah. in the 80s because of the kind of parts he's playing, I guess. And I would think yeah. he would have to enjoy going to the gym somewhat to do that on a regular basis for so long. I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, the Rambo movies. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. giant. Hmm. Well, and should we say also, Rocky and Jess are both kind of changed by their love for a quiet lady. That's true. With brown hair and real cute pea coats. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, true. And I do think both those ladies kind of help them achieve their dream when Jess comes back in season six and says he wrote a book. He says he couldn't yeah. have done it without Rory. And I, even if Apollo Creed had found Rocky and invited him to do this, I don't think he could have done it without Adrian. Yeah, he needed that support. Something more in his life mm-hmm. than just boxing. Turtles. <laughs> yeah, turtles. I like turtles. <laughs> uh. And before we stop, we wrap up, should we talk about one other character who likes to compare himself to Sylvester Stallone? Yeah, we should. <laughs> I told him about how Andrew gets in a fight with his date in the first 15 minutes and storms off the floor. I told him about Taylor getting punched drunk at hour 15 and telling stories about how he always wanted to be a magician. Rory, please. And, oh, I told him about how in Kirkwinds he likes to take his victory lap around the floor to the theme from Rocky. I was going to show him all those things, and I was going to show them to him sitting down. Um, I would say Kirk is about half the size of <laughs> Sylvester Stallone in the first Rocky. So, uh-huh. you know, a quarter of the size of Rambo. But he's an underdog in many areas. In, I, in some ways, areas. I would say Kirk is the ultimate underdog. Yeah. But the underdog who never rises above, except in this dance competition where he apparently regularly wins. So, yeah. Do you think Kirk 
went through an intense training regimen for the 24-hour dance marathon. No, I think it's what Rory says later about, remember, Mom, he has little in his life. (laughs) Let him have this. To be fair, Rocky had little in his life as well. Yeah, I mean, but his turtles were really something, though. (laughs) Do you think Kirk drank raw eggs in preparation? Oh, yeah, I could totally see him doing that. Yeah, that I believe. That's probably what he did mainly is his preparation. Yes, (laughs) probably. Uh... So, Kyla? So, Taylor? That's our show? That's our show! Exactly. Yes. Well, thanks for listening, pals. And so excited to have covered another Best Picture winner together here today. If you have more instances in which Milo Ventimiglia and Sylvester Stallone were hanging out that we didn't find, tell us. You can tell us so it's a show at gmail.com, so it's a show on Twitter, so it's a show podcast at tumblr.com. You can't really contact us there, but you can like learn more about Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> mm, and face masks. I can show you where to find a Gilmore Girls face mask. Yeah, I gotta look that up. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? You know, just keep listening, uh, keep watching Gilmore Girls in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And here's a teaser for our next step. This is ridiculous, Paris. He can sit in your room. I'm still getting ready. Then he can sit in the hallway. What's your problem? I'll tell you my problem, Andre. Last time you sat in our couch, your mesomorphic frame carved a four-foot crater in it. I felt like I was sitting in a bucket. You're so full of it, Paris. Kids were skateboarding up and down it. Gandalf the Grey is still falling down it. It was a big hole. What does mesomorphic mean? It means you've got a fat ass, pal. Just ignore her and sit, Clee. Do not sit, Clee. It's my place, too. Yours. Not that Brobden Nagy and Twitch. So every friend I bring here has to pass your anal standards? No, he just has to pass through the door without damaging the frame.